Welcome to the Real Life Church podcast channel. My name is Michael Bame. I am the pastor here, and Real Life Church is all about connecting Jesus to real lives. Uh, you can find out more about us at reallifecov.com. Thank you, Mike. Good, well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Guys, it's this week, right, coming up. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love Christmas time. I do. I love it. You know I keep talking about last few weeks I've been talking about it because I get so excited for it. I just love this time of year. But it's a strange time of year because not everybody loves it, right? It's not like the best thing for them. They're just like, I just want to get through this. And I think it's, I think it's important for us to take a pause and be able to, to talk about some of the things of Christmas that are confusing and maybe just not as pleasant. For some, it's great. and For some, it's not so great. And that's why we're going through this message series called Christmas Words. Uh, it actually has to do with this season, this time of year when we hear certain words more than other times of the year. And these words, uh, they kind of have good and bad to them, actually. And a lot of it is our own understanding. And so we want to take these words and see how the Bible uses these words so that we can use these words through all the seasons of our life. We talked a couple weeks ago about peace, right? We'd love to just have peace and quiet. Everything just go, uh, everyone just go away, right? Leave me alone. That's the kind of way we think about peace, but it's more than that, isn't it? It's about wholeness and becoming whole people. It's so much more when we look at it from God's perspective. And then last week, we looked at uh, hope, didn't we? Hope. Hope is that strange thing, right? When they, it, we just think it's just this wishful thinking or, or, or we are optimistic something good is going to happen. Well, a lot of times we can feel hopeless. We don't, we aren't optimistic that something good is going to happen, right? It's just a strange uh, place for us to be. And yet when we ha- understand it from God's perspective of what hope is, it actually does something for us right here and now, as it brings us in a closer relationship with Jesus, because we know hope happens in the tension of life, doesn't it? It happens in the tension, and hope is helpful for us right here now, connecting with God, knowing that God is with us, and that we can experience his peace right here now, no matter what tension we're in. And today, we're going to go to another word that actually gets used a lot. Yeah, love. Love gets used a lot everywhere. And so I just want to, I just, let's just ask the question, right? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. No? You guys know the song. You can hear it in your head, can't you? Right? Okay, seriously. What is love? Got to do. Got to do with it. All right? I really should stop. I should stop. I should stop in the name of love. I should stop. All right, okay, seriously, but let's just think about this word love. We, and there's a lot of songs written about love. In fact, that's the number one thing that most songs are written about. It's something to do with this word love. But do we really understand it? In fact, we have this one word that has a variety of meanings, and we use it often in our life, but do we really understand it? Especially, do we understand it of how God shows love. I think that's really hard for us. Let's just think about some of the ways in which we use this word love, right? Uh, Romantic love, right? Romantic love. 
uh, a love that you have for another person, uh, but in a romantic sense. And whatever that means for you, I'm going to tell you what it is not, okay? Love in this romantic sense is not The Bachelor or Bachelorette. I don't care if you love watching that show, you go ahead and watch that show, but it is not love, is it? Right? I don't care how many times they say, well, it's not about winning this. It's about love. It is not about love, right? It is not about love. It is reality TV that's completely disconnected from reality, right? Ladies, I just want, here, let's just picture this, ladies, okay? A guy comes up to you and says, hey, I, I like you a lot. I'd like to date you, but I'm also going to date like 30 other women all at the same time. And we're just going to see you know, compare you to them and how we get along and all of that. And are you down with that? Come on, right? It makes for good TV, makes me want to puke, okay? That's just me, but you go ahead and enjoy it. Um, So it is not that. That's not romantic love. Whatever you think of with romantic love, it's not that. Uh, What about family, right? Family love, right? Mom and dad and siblings and relatives, you know, even that weird one, that always shows up to different family events, right? Yeah, maybe they're not perfect, and they're, they're kind of maybe too strict sometimes, or uh, maybe the, there's a bit of rivalry and conflict there, and that weird one, you know, smells funny, has got hair growing out of strange places, and you just don't know what to do with them. They say weird things, right? But you got to love them, they're family, right? You got to love them because they're family, uh, it just so you know, if you don't have that weird one in your family, <laughs> might be you. You might be you. Um, uh, and and then lastly, uh, we have another way in which we experience love, or we talk about love. It's like the highest rating for things, right? Highest rating we can give something is like I love that, right? I love it. That's the highest rating. We just use it for a rating scale, right? I love ooey, gooey chocolate chip cookies. I love warm nacho cheese sauce. I love hot stuff crust pizza. I love food. A little too much. Um, got a little obsessed with it, right? But that's how we use it. It's just the highest rating for things. Here's the, here's the issue, though. If this is how we understand love, in our mind, and the way we go about life and how we use the word love in our everyday talk, talk and conversations and understanding our world that we live in is really going to be difficult because none of those are how God shows love. None of those things really help us to understand God's love. And over that, it comes to the really crucial piece. I'm going to give it away right now. It makes us really hard to accept God's love because it just seems like it's in a completely different category than what we have in our life. So let's take some time to, to understand how God shows his love to us. And we're going to look at a couple of different uh, ways of this. Um, one, we're going to take Jesus' very own words about God's love. Um, and then also how one of Jesus' followers um, understood and experienced and lived out or lived in to this love that Jesus talked about. It's the disciple that refers to himself as the disciple Jesus loved. Okay? Now, we have got to understand 
how he understands himself. All right? It's the, it's the disciple John, and he refers to himself as the disciple Jesus loved. And it's not any of the categories that we had been talking about. Okay? It's a completely different category, but he come to accept it as he understood Jesus expressing that love to him. Okay? And, it, and it gave him something, some way to live um, that was in a, another category that he didn't understand at first. Okay? So we need to get into that. So um, here's a familiar scripture. Uh, it's, it comes from John, who is the disciple that Jesus loved. He uh, writes down an account of uh, Jesus meeting with uh, a Pharisee at night, and they're talking about different things, and Jesus says this to him. Uh, and some of you, this may be really familiar, others not Maybe it's brand new, which is actually more helpful because I can unpack it easier that way. So here it is. John chapter 3, verse 16. For this is how God loved the world. Um, just a tip when you're reading the Bible, and I hope that you are. Um, when, uh, the Bible sometimes can be really vague on some things. Sometimes you've got to use your imagination to fill in the blanks because it's really sparse on giving you details. Uh, sometimes it's very poetic, and you're like, I just got to take some time to think through this. When it's explicit like this, like, pay attention. <laughs> For this, right here, I'm going to tell you, is how God loved the world. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Here's what it is. Here's what it looks like. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish or die. That's the real word, die. Will not die, but have what? Eternal life. Hmm, okay. Let's just start off at the bat. Like eternal life, that's a category we have a tough time with, right? Because we just think in timeline, right? Some of us think in timeline, eternal life is like, it just goes on forever and ever and ever. It's something like after I die, and then I just get to experience this thing forever and ever and ever. But what we don't realize is that if it's eternal life, it also started way before everything, right? It's got no beginning and no end. It's eternal, okay? It's, it's this huge thing. Let me put it in this way. It's God's life, isn't it? It's God's life. So, God gave his one and only son so that everyone who would believe, trust, accept this act of love, believe in Jesus, if they would do that, if they could accept it, what do they get to experience? God's life. Right, right? Does that, does that help a little bit? Let me, let me rephrase it because I think it's, it, it's helpful to put it in a, a different context. So God's love is this. It is a self-sacrificing act that gives life to those who can accept it. It's a self-sacrificing act that gives life to those who can accept it. Just sit with that for a second, right? What's the emphasis on here? Us accepting it. If you cannot accept how God loves you, what happens? Do you get to experience God's life? You do not, right? You have got to be able to accept God's category of how he loves the world, which is you and is me, right? So that you get to experience that life, 
okay? Oftentimes we talk a lot about, you know, go out and love people the way God loves and, you know, all of that, like go and do it. Well, how do you go and love someone the way God would love someone, the way Jesus loves people if you have not accepted that God loves you, right? This is the main issue for us, okay? So there's a self-sacrificing act that gives life to those who can accept it. It's a big deal. Now, John, the disciple that Jesus loved, right? That category of love, what does that look like? Well, there's, he has an understanding that Jesus has done a sacrificial act that gives John life if John is able to accept it, okay? Right? That's, that's, what, we are, that's what we just defined. So he's got a whole different category. So the disciple Jesus loved does not fit any of their categories. It's not like, oh, it's a disciple that Jesus liked the most, right? It's the highest rating of all disciples. That's not what he's talking about. And it's not even the family type of love. Ah, oh, you're like my brother and I love you and that type of thing. It's, it's beyond that. It's certainly not the romantic love. Let's just, just put that out there. That's ridiculous, right? It's not any of those categories. It's a whole new category. It's about how God loves John. And Jesus loves John the way God does. He made a sacrificial act that gives life to John if John can accept it, right? Okay, that's the way we understand that. And John writes about that. First, John, because he's got not only the Gospel of John, also wrote Revelation, go check that one out. But uh, he's got First John, he's got some other letters, First, Second, and Third John. So here we go. First John chapter 4, verse 9. He's, he's, he's not just repeating what Jesus said, but he's owning it, okay? Listen to what he says here. God showed how much he loved who? Us, right? Not just him, but us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might. We're going to come back to that one. So that we might have Eternal life, God's life, through who? Jesus. Yeah, through Jesus, because he shows how much God loves us. Mm -hmm. Right? Might. That we might have eternal life. Why might he use might? Because can we accept it? Can we accept this is the way that God has loved us? It's a big deal to sit and focus in on this, okay? Uh, let me give you a little example. So um, I, I, I've always been all in on my, my wife, Amanda. So we were dating. She's just amazing. Totally knew she was way beyond anything I should have a, be in a relationship with this person, right? She's, she's incredible. I definitely married up. Like, there's, I'm not arguing. I would never argue that point with you. Everyone knows it. It's really plain to see. Like, she's way greater than I am, okay? Um, and so when we were dating, um, it was pretty serious, right? It, um, I wanted to express how much I loved her. And so I wanted to get her something that would show that how much I loved her. And so I bought her 50 red roses, 50 red roses. 
that's four dozen roses, and I bought four dozen, and they're like, hey, we'll just give you two more to round it off to 50. I was like, all right, two free roses. Great, great deal, all right? And I, so I got her 50 red roses, and I gave them to her, and how do you think that she responded? Oh, Michael, I can see how much you love me. I accept your expression of love. <laughs> yeah, you know she didn't respond that way. No, it was like slam on the brakes, like, er, hold on, time out. We need to have a conversation here. And I was like, I don't know what I did wrong. <laughs> I, I bought you roses not because I did something wrong and I'm trying to make up for it. Uh, it's not because it's your birthday or special occasion or anniversary or anything. I bought them just to explain, why are we having a conversation about this? Here's why we had to have a conversation about this. She sat me down and she said, I... I'm feeling like you think that I'm greater than I really am. I don't know that I can live into how much you have expressed this love to me. I think you need to lower your expectations and your standards. I put her in a place where it was hard for her to accept how much I love her, right? I see her with different glasses or different eyes or whatever you want to than she sees herself. Is that not the whole issue with us and accepting God's love? It's so extravagant. It's completely overboard. Do, we, do you even hear what Jesus is saying about how God showed his love? He gave his one and only son? What? Sacrificial act. You're going you're gonna to go die to show these people how much I love them. Oh, we need to have a talk. Right, pump the brakes here. Time out. I, I, this is a category far beyond what anything I can reconcile in my brain. And what what may contribute to us not seeing ourselves in that category of how much God loves us? Maybe we've been rejected by someone who said that they loved us. We were in a romantic relationship, and that didn't go well, and now it's really hard to take that same category and try to make sense of how God might love me. Not even in a romantic way, but like it just, hmm, that, that didn't work out well. Maybe the way our families express love gets in the way of how we can accept love. We were just kind of pushed off to the side. We were not shown love. It was cold or it was a good type of love. It was a good family, but like, hmm, God just still doesn't fit in that category, that, that category of love. It's still something different. And, and the, what about this higher rating? God loves you because you're such a great human being. You're one of the greatest. You are worth that you get. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you just don't see yourself in that place. It's because we have a hard time with accepting it because we feel like we can't earn it, right? Your, your, your 
you're showing how you love me, God. I could not earn that. I can't live up to it. And I can't repay it. We feel in a strange place because it's a category we're not familiar with. And is God asking us to earn it, to live up to it, to repay it? He's asking us to accept it. He's asking us to accept it. Can you just accept how much God loves you? That it's a completely different category than what you may have experienced in your entire life and categories that you use on a regular basis. Can you accept how much God loves you? Because if you can, if you can accept it, what do you get to experience? God's life. Then you can go out and, and, and uh, you know, love e other people the way that God loved you and all that, but let's not get there. Let's stop right here, right now, and really focus on just accepting that how much God loves you. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we have trouble with categories for your love. We acknowledge that. And Jesus, we're just going to accept and receive that you love us, even if we can't see ourselves as worth loving. The sacrifice you've made is, is too extravagant for what we think that we could ever repay in returning this love to you. So Jesus, we just ask that your spirit would help us to accept how much God loves us through your sacrificial act, that we may be able to experience your life from this day forward. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey there, hope you enjoyed the sermon today. We love connecting Jesus' life with other people's lives and hope we were able to do that with you today. If you'd like to know more about us here at Real Life Church, please check us out at reallifecove.com. Thanks for listening.